Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi, dear universe. Hi, dare world. Uh, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And we are, for the first time, back uh, together. <laughs> We're in the same studio, and COVID has completely been eliminated and eradicated, and, yeah. and co- quarantine's lifted. I mean, they just fucking went... There it is. We're done. Thanks, like, everybody. It's over. And yeah, we're outside right now doing our uh, our podcast. In, we are. In, uh, we're in, in a Dublin. beautiful field. We're in Dublin. We're, we're actually in Wuhan. <laughs> we're in Wuhan, China. <laughs> oh, no. No, sadly. We're, no, at, that is... we're at the bat market. We're over in the bat section. <laughs> we're at the Batman market. Yeah. Uh, I'm dr- Strangely. I, 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 we're dressed as different versions of Batman. Joe looks yeah. like Adam West. I've dressed like Ozzy Osbourne. I felt like that would be the most appropriate thing. <laughs> but he's headless. He's a headless Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got like a, a really shitty Xerox print of his face just taped on top of my face. <laughs> just stumbling around. You've got a red wig on like Sharon. Oh, you're like yeah. helping, you're like uh, ushering me around. Dude, that <laughs> just to just to put the record straight. No, no, we're still technically under lockdown. COVID's still a real thing and, yeah. and all that. So Yeah, we're we're fifty nine days into the official lockdown. Yeah, I guess so. I've been trying to keep track of it in my journal every day. I just like write down because I did I tell you I've been doing that. You know, a lot of people keep journals. They they journal stuff and they'll usually yeah, write down a yeah. date, you know, Saturday, May 7th or Sunday, May 17th, you know, or whatever. Totally. Yeah. I heard in a podcast once that somebody started doing their journal based on like day they've been alive. Really? Yeah. So and I figured that out for myself and I think I'm on like day 12,680 something. Or whatnot. Okay. So that's what I write. I write that day twelve thousand six hundred wow. whatever, and then I do put the date in parentheses just so that I'm I've got a context of it. And then I, since the quarantine's been going on, I've been writing Q day fifty eight or fifty nine like, or whatever uh, like it is. Like Q and on. Like Q and on. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stay uh, vigilant, patriots. But yeah, that's that's my way of for the future me keeping track of of you know how long this is going on, how I'm feeling yeah. on what day, and like when. You know, when the, the crazy Ian started to, to resurface as far as like, we gotta go. How do you feel like your journals have been? Like, how long do you write? Like, how many pages do you feel usually whenever you do it? It, it kind of depends. There are some times when I'm like into a thought and I, I go a couple of pages. But recently I've been just trying, like, I know what I have to do and I've just been trying to do it and i'm like all right so i'm i'm everything's cool i'm figuring this out and i you know i just work out a little thing and i might write half a page you know in in a a a day this past week yeah i used to journal a lot i still do it randomly but um i mean i used to be really consistent when i was younger and then uh i would get really lazy and start writing bigger and bigger to fill the page faster (laughs) (laughs) you're you're that kid who would uh would turn in a five page paper in like 36 font Dude, I, I will not lie. I tried to get away with that a couple times. It's funny because I would I, I would always start out with good intentions and then I would just start getting like, I would just kind of get in this mode where I wouldn't want to be using my hand in such a structure anymore. Like, yeah. you know, when you're writing in cursive, because I do write in cursive more than I do in regular print. Yeah. Is that, what do you call that? I, I, I believe it would be called printing. Yeah. Print name yeah. means write it in separated, usually block letters. Yeah. Versus handwriting. So, and I, I mean... That's the thing. Cursive. I started to like, I was like, I don't want to write in cursive. That's stupid. All these rules and everything. But what I've realized since I've started handwriting my, my journals is that most of my writing does kind of flow together because I get the sense of how it's supposed to go. And so I have handwriting now as opposed to structured cursive that you learned in school and everything like that. But what you're saying is that your hand got sick of it. Well, it would just get tired. You know, when you do something so repetitive, you just get antsy. Like sure. that's kind of the the situation I always found myself whenever, like even in high school, we'd have to journal for like 15 minutes in the beginning of class. Interesting. And she would, yeah, she would put Inya on and then she would uh, turn the lights off <laughs> and it was bright enough. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Dude. <laughs> Is that Inya? I hope that's Inya. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it could have been a number of other people. Might have been Sarah McLaughlin for all I know. Always the strings, you know, the little plucks. Yeah, dude. But um, uh, yeah, but 
so she would turn the lights off. Her name was Miss Riley. Like, I'll never forget her, but... Shout out. She Yeah, so we would start writing, and I don't know, like, halfway down the page, I would just be like, ah, oh, like, this, this flow, because I'm thinking faster than I can write, and so I'm trying to write faster, yeah. and my writing gets so sloppy, I get pissed off at myself, because I'll, like... I've seen other people's handwriting, and it's just way nicer than mine. It's really scratchy. <laughs> Look at this like, goddamn shit! Ah! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> just totally, like, shaking the top of my desk. Ah! And suddenly your handwriting, like, suddenly goes eight pages deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carving, like, a, a fucking Weezer icon into my desk, imagine like, with if, rage. Imagine ah! if you were in uh, in Harry Potter world using that, that quill that fucking... What's her name? Oh. Umbridge made Harry. I mean, you're, like... That would be heavenly. You're, like, digging into your hand. To have that, yeah. My handwriting looks like shit! Dude, the one funny part about that scene that I've always think about is whenever Harry's in the little cupboard with her and she's, like, doing her first interview with him. Oh, about, that's, he's so like, that's with Rita Skeeter. Yes, that was yeah, weird. Yeah, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a weird scene in general, but the part where it's writing and scribbling and he's like, My eyes were not welling with the tears of my forefathers yeah, or whatever he said. My past. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just like... That was such a quick part and how quickly the scribble was writing. And I don't know. There was something about it where I was like, there's no way he would have been able to read that. I don't know. I was no, just in my nerdy head being like continuity. Yeah. I'm well, such a like continuity crusher. For me, that's all. Um, yeah, it's it's slight compression of time. I mean, you kind of see that in theater and whatnot. There's those are those elements that hopefully one is able to overlook. Uh, yeah, the suspension of disbelief. We've talked correct. about this before, but yeah. it's like for some reason, I'm always like. I can totally melt into the Harry Potter films, yeah. but there's always like some random thing that'll take me out and I'll be like, there's no fucking way no one would notice all these kids running into a brick wall, you know, with two trains, like, because there's civilian trains there and maybe yeah. they're in magic. Running so they're into a brick wall, right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. There's always just those little moments where I'm like, ah, oh, people are Somebody, somebody cast a confundus charm, dude. And that's why yeah, everybody's yeah. like, oh, what? That's what? true. Or even the like the guy that's on the platform, the platform conductor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You would think that character would know like all the little secrets about the 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 platforms, you know? So he would know about the witches using Is he a the, muggle uh, is he a muggle conductor though? Potentially. Do you think I he's, mean he's possibly he's possibly got his foot in both is he I mean not a not a muggle. I would expect him to. I would expect him but to But he might be one of those liaison type of characters that's like this person might have to know. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, it would be too much of a risk for him to find out and then have to have to either, you know, because they heartlessly would literally wipe people's minds. I mean, you find that out in the later films. I know. Where Hermione, like, totally, like. That was not heartless, though. That one, that particular one. I get uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we just finished watching all of them. And Jen pointed out that the most of the deaths in the movies. Um, were handled very much in kind of a boom, it happens and the story continues kind of way. It was very, yeah. you know, kind of here it is. And then here's the next thing. And here's the next thing. There was no like moment to either build up to it or, or kind of have a, uh, you know, coming down off of it or something like that until the last movie, the last movie. Dobby. Yes, it really yeah. was. That was, well, so that was the end of the, Second last minute, but yeah, yes that that death. She didn't see it coming, but it they 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 handled it so well. I yeah. I lost it. I died. I I died too. This is me. Yeah. This is me dead. Because he's like the last character you wanted. I mean, dude, those guys were fucking magical. They could like disappear and like show up in places. Like I don't know, the elves were pretty incredible. It was, it's pretty devastating that they're all like these little slaves, you know, to the witches and wizards. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not the way, well, elves are handled in like a Lord of the Rings universe or something like that. <laughs> totally but, different. But they're house elves. So I wonder if it's just a totally different way of, I mean, it's like a dog. It's like a, a house dog versus a, a wolf yeah. out in the wilderness, maybe. Erwin, Erwin, please, uh, could you go get me another napkin? Thank you. I mean, you. that's exactly what what I would think. If you've got this this wolf pack up in the mountains, and they're like, yeah, we are fucking free, and the wolves, and we are. And then they see a little chihuahua in a sweater with little poofs and stuff like that. And they're like, 
what the fuck is this? It's like, I got to kill it. it. It's that that's, that, that's how I could justify like the way that the house elves are getting treated versus the way Legolas and, uh, and all of them are getting treated. <laughs> it's actually right? pronounced Legolas. 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 <laughs> Legolas. From Baton Rouge. Oh, man. <laughs> Baton Rouge. Holy cow. What's your favorite film of the series? Um, this is such nerd talk, by the way. It is. This is so out of our out of our jurisdiction. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, well, my favorite book was book six, Half Blood Prince. I think. Yeah, for sure. that was a good um, one. I really liked the way that they handled Goblet of Fire, though, as far as the movies went. I that was the one that really elements started to to feel real like they would have real consequences to these kids and to the world and everything like that and you're like man okay so harry's starting to get into some shit and then obviously the last scene happens where um you know Voldemort actually returns and cedric diggory dies that's the first real death we see in front of us right in in yeah in these movies mm-hmm. um of a character that to be fair we only really met at the beginning of the fourth movie but you know he was he was one of the the triwizard champions right yeah so uh shout out rob pattinson you're Twilight. you're gonna be great as batman when if they whenever they get a chance to finish the film oh yeah come on Gobin. come on he's yeah he's by the time old. they can film they're gonna be like ah he's too old he's gonna be he's gonna be batman beyond type of old did you ever watch that cartoon i did yeah yeah i Fuck enjoyed yeah. that cartoon a lot that was yeah. such a great concept for batman was that was that on cartoon network I don't think so. I think it was more mainstream than that. I think it was on like like Fox C. Well, the WB or maybe even Fox before the WB started off. But I mean, it would have been playing after Batman, the animated series would be my guess. The one with Kevin yeah. Conroy. Dude, someone. Mark OK, is it true that Val Kilmer now has like a like he can't speak anymore? Very true. Yes. Val oh, Kilmer. Val Kilmer is definitely yeah he's he's had throat cancer he had a lot of surgeries and everything like that i've heard something of him speaking maybe within the last year and it's it's very much like this it's a i still down there's no chance he'll be batman ever again i don't know i don't know um i'm sure that he would say that there's all sorts of chances yeah. you know i mean i i don't know what his prognosis is but this is stuff that's been happening recently, like within the last few years has been this battle with throat cancer. Man. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, he's still out there doing things, you know, he's got some charities and stuff that he's doing. He was in Jay and silent Bob reboot. Oh, nice. How was that? <clears throat> it was good. I enjoyed the film. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, of course, but um, his performance in it. Did you see the, did you see Jay and silent Bob strike back? I did not. Back in the day? No, I'm ashamed. Uh, oh, wait. I, when did that one come out? Like 2001 or two? Then, yes, I did see that you one. You know. It's, it's just so long ago. Yeah. I, yeah. But at the end of it, they there's a movie being made called Blunt Man and Chronic, which they're, they're two superheroes, <laughs> right? They're two superheroes based on Jay and Silent Bob. And mm-hmm. so in the reboot, Jay and Silent Bob movie, they're obviously rebooting uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And they've got the girl from Supergirl playing the blunt man character and then the chronic is supposed to be the silent bob and they got val kilmer to do it and he didn't say a word but i guess it's because he's, he's unable to say words at the moment yeah did he look good like how did he look he looked as though he he has been through some health stuff um but you know i mean he looked he looked better than i've seen him look he's looked rough he has looked rough through some of this throat cancer stuff val if you're listening please hit up the show We'd love to uh, chat with you. Well, I mean, dude, don't five, be five, ins- five. don't be insensitive, dude. The guy was Batman. He can't talk, so we got to like we'll have a text conversation with you, Val. Well, that'll work. I'll I'll be the voice of Al Kilmer <laughs> for the show, <laughs> if, with your permission, of course. Yeah, no, that's sad to me. That's crazy, dude. Like to me, this is this is the shit in life. Like even thinking about Carrie Fisher being dead and stuff like that. Like Pete, like like what's his name? Uh, who just passed away yesterday? Um, Fred Willard. Fred Willard, man. It's like, I can't handle getting older because it's like watching all these icons changing and dying off. And it's just, it's weird me out, dude. Yeah, I know. It's weirding me the hell out. I know. It is, it is odd. We've had a few, we've had a few people die in the last couple of weeks. Little Richard died, right? And then, um, dude. I saw him at Six Flags. Nice. I, I never saw him. I mean, 
for me, Little Richard was introduced to me as um, uh, Old King Cole from there was a Shelley Duvall like rockin' Mother Goose nursery rhyme TV yeah. special from back in the day. I don't know if you ever saw it. You know, Little Richard that was creepy. Was, yeah, it was it was really really bizarre. Uh, yeah. But Little Richard was Old King Cole, and he was like, "Old King Cole, the or whatever yeah. his, his music was. It was great. Yeah, he's he's the one that did that. Dude, Rudy, oh Rudy, and so that song reminds me of Brave Little Toaster. That's that's a big song in that movie, and that movie meant a lot to me as a kid. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep going. Roy, whole from, uh, Roy from Siegfried and Roy died. Yeah, dude. He got mauled by another tiger. No, he did it's not. He <laughs> thought he was Carol Fake Baskin. News. Fake news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was dressed like Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. That was um, his biggest mistake. I do remember when he got attacked by that tiger. It was a long time ago, though. Wasn't it like 15 years ago or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was like in the early 2000s. And I think it was on my birthday. And I not that that like, Damn. was a coincidence. Or, I mean, it was. It was just a coincidence. But Are you telling us right now that this has put a shadow over your birthday it did. ever since? I, I, I remember... I'm in remrembrance of the uh, the horrible attack, the vicious attack, <laughs> and that makes sense. Every Down with cake tigers. that Ian gets, yeah, every cake that Ian gets every birthday is a big tiger paw. Now <laughs> it makes sense. I get it now. There's one for me <laughs> and one for the tigers. Every year I ask Ian why why the tiger claw, and you just say, "Eat your cake, Joe. Eat your cake." As I like spoon it into your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a wedding. While Joe Biden smells your hair. Yeah. Oh, God. Your luscious hair. <laughs> Just sniffing. <laughs> Somebody pointed out that his middle name is Robinette. Robinette. Joe Robinette Joseph Biden. Joseph Robinette Biden. Yes. Jesus. That is his name. I wonder if his parents were like, we're going to have a daughter. We're going to name her Jeanette. And we're going to have a son. We're going to name him Robin. And then whenever finally we're like, they had to make a compromise. And they were like, fine. Robinette. Robinette. Yeah. yeah, and he's a junior, so his his dad was named that first. How do you feel about Joe Biden? Like, I mean, what what are your thoughts on him? Technically, I guess getting the nomination. I I don't know if it's I really don't know that it's yet, official but... yet because the the Democratic National Convention has not technically happened. Yeah, technically, all of those all of those electors or wh- whoever goes to the the um, delegates, I guess they would be whoever goes to the convention to actually cast their ballots. Technically, I suppose they could all go rogue and and fucking vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. But I doubt anybody's going to do that. The thing is, I don't know. I think, honestly, my opinion of Joe Biden at the moment is coming a lot from outside sources because I don't really pay that much attention to him. The things I have seen, you know, I mean, yes, at the moment, stuff is is being presented to me as he's looking very bumbling. Yeah, dude. He's weird in his interviews. Like, come on, Grandpa, you're you're your car's over this way and your, your exactly. glasses are on top of your head type of a type of a way that's I you know again most of the clips I see are out of context and whatnot but I, I don't I don't know much about his policies I don't think it's the most fair to judge him on the personal things that I think or or you know perceive him as um I, I don't know what are your assessments like with the COVID and all this stuff like now that we're basically 60 days into a, a lockdown yeah which again the lockdown is not as intense as it sounds i mean you can still go outside of your house you can still you know we're supposed to technically have face masks on or face coverings whatever you want to call it yeah when you leave the house but you know i i'm not using it i don't like breathing in hot air like sure i feel hot restricted stank breath well, it's just I feel restricted, you know? I like fresh air in my lungs. And I mean, if I go into a building or something, I'm like, I'll totally put on a face covering, you know? I'm doing the whole deal. But. I think that the problem is 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 less you catching it and more if you're an asymptomatic carrier, you spreading it without your knowledge. You know, that is that is the, the reason that everybody is being given as to why it's safer to wear a face mask. I think people are recognizing how destructive this is to... Yes. Our way of life as people like I I believe I saw more people wearing masks outside before Eric Garcetti got on the news and said, "Okay, guys, now it's mandatory, you know, and he did that like three or four days ago. And since then, I've seen so many people, dude, all around the park, all around neighborhoods and stuff like that. Nobody is wearing a mask. Did I tell you about this doctor? 
Okay, so I got to tell you, this is fucking nuts. So um, sung a, a guitar and he hits me up through Craigslist and we start chatting and he's a doctor. He's here from, you know, out of state working in uh, the respiratory. He, he basically manages the respiratory machines at this hospital. He's getting paid a bunch of money on a contract to be here for this anticipated uh, surge in spike, COVID, yeah. spike in patients. Well, because when we were on the phone, he was asking me how the quarantine's going. Like we were talking about the guitar and uh, I was like, you know, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it, to me, it feels like there's something else going on. I don't really know. It's hard to say because people think you're weird. And he goes, oh man, I know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. And he just started going straight in like, he, st- he started mentioning Illuminati, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. shit. Whoa. Yeah. And he, because he dug in. He sent me a couple videos I'm going to send to you. Wow. But they're from uh, the early 2000s. But the, I think they were taped. They've been on They've been on the on YouTube for a while. And they're pretty intense. Um, hmm. But they're basically from a Christian perspective. But they're all biblical based. Oh, yes. And okay. it's correlating what's going on now within this cult. Because from what I can understand, and this gets weird, but... I think there's a cult running this thing, the big show, you know, the money masters. There's people up there that are, I think they're just in a cult. Right. For some reason, they're playing out uh, biblical things, you know, the whole HR 6666. I mean, how many times, remember when we were talking about the patents on coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah. And even some of these patents had the 666 in it. Right. You know, and, and it's like, I don't fucking get this. I don't get why it's either a big joke, like an inside joke, or they're actually, they have to play these things out because it's some sort of, you know, going into the whole gematria thing. You know, it's some sort of mathematical karmic thing they have to play out. Like everything, like all of our reality is being played out through numbers. Right. And we're just paying attention to it as events instead of numbers, you know? Wow. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense. Yes. It's, it's, it's a plane. I don't think on. It's all strategy. The most regularly. So to, to continue to be reminded of it, it's like, man, yes, you're absolutely right. There are people out there who numbers and numerology run their lives, just like people out there who Christianity runs their life. I mean, what the, Mm -hmm. what the Holy spirit guides you to, to do and say, you know? Um, so I, yeah, a cult. I, I don't know. I don't. Right now, I'm still kind of dealing with it and thinking about these kinds of things on a uh, societal survival level. Totally, uh, yeah. Because it does me no good to dig into who who signs the checks, who signs the checks, who signs the checks, who who's enforcing all of this. You know, right. I trust that there are people out there far more qualified than myself. Hey, you're you're one of them to be sifting through all that information and presenting things in a way that that one I can understand and two I don't have to like go and search for and wonder whether or not I'm actually getting something that's worthwhile or whatever, you know, it's kind of gone through a filter of somebody that I kind of relate to. I mean, man, I can't tell you how many times I've had the conversation with someone where Because really, I I just have my opinions about everything. I mean, you know, I was talking to Chris the other night about uh, Area 51. And I was like, you know, even just with Area 51, part of me sat there. And there was just with this one day where I was like, man, what if that is just a big, huge movie studio lot? And they just literally use that spot for all, you know... All the UFOs, like like just recently... the Maybe uh, we need to be looking for Stage 51. Ah, there it is. No, I just, it was one of those things where I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, so people on this planet think that the moon landings were fake, so they would have to film them somewhere. So they would have to have a place no one can go to. And one of those places on this planet are Area 51. I mean, at least in the States. Right. And it's in the middle of nowhere. So they can test anything there. They can bring anyone there. They can do anything there. And no one is allowed. My brain explodes when someone has a theory about like, well, if the moon landings aren't real, then imagine what else isn't real. And I'm just like, shit, that's like everything. I mean, that's a huge thought, though. And I love it. But is, I love that I know, idea. I know. It's it's the singular thought that cracked my world wide open. Is if this was not true, imagine what else could be not true. And I'm like, it's oh. the Truman show, you know? It's like Truman. It's when it's when Truman finally clicks together everything that's going on. He's like, oh my God, I have to get to the wall. 
I don't I, know how. I cannot wait to watch that movie again. I saw it once so many years ago, way before I was ever this kind of thinker. Yeah, um, so good. Jen just watched it, loved it, but I, I really would like to see it. Dude, there's so much, there's so much a play on to, I think so, I, I mean, really, there's a lot of truth in that film because it basically, for me, it was like The Matrix. It's just up there with The Matrix. There's movies that have come out in history where you watch them and you're like, man, these are like telling people stuff. Like yeah. Eyes Wide Shut, that's one. Oh, I have um, not seen that at oh, all. Oh, dude, you got to watch it. I know. It's just mind-blowing. All right. Truman Show, yeah. Matrix, things like that. But it's, yeah, you think about, his name was Truman. True. Man. Yeah. What's true? To get out. Get out of the bubble. You know, he was being watched by this whole crowd of people that were literally just observing his reality like, like he was a little mouse in a cage. And that was before reality TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ever since movies like that, Matrix, it's got me thinking about this reality because I sit there and go, man, I know in my heart of hearts, war is absurd because we can use communication with each other. We can talk to each other. You know, I've seen videos of people that get in each other's faces and somehow at the end of it, they're like shaking hands or hugging and they're like, work it out. You know, they find this way because people can discuss things and, and, you know, why would someone go to war? Like, why would we ever be the ones to go and blow up people who literally aren't as, aren't as powerful as our country. That's a fucking bully, you know? To be so the just, winner. To be, yeah, exactly. To be the winner at all costs. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's kind of like having an argument one-on-one with, with somebody. The more that yeah. I feel like I have to defend myself or attack you, the more that it's probably me that has some shit that's got, that I've got to deal with. And... <clears throat> Honestly, the realization of that makes it worse if, for me, at least, you know, it kind of makes it makes me more angry because not only do I have to put in some hard work in order to change something at that point, yeah. but then I also have to like face the face the music that I was acting like a total dickhole and need to apologize and need to fucking own it. And that's that shit sucks. That really is not the way to get whatever that inner personality is that comes out when you're like, you know, angry you or sad you or like manic you or whatever, you know, it's that kind of a, that kind of a thing. Sometimes shining a mirror on some of that kind of stuff really brings out the, the need to attack more than the need to, to like solve. So if you get people like that, that identify themselves as I'm an American first and foremost, or I'm a this and that and whatever. And it's like fucking, anything that's going to challenge that is, you know, like calling it a Chinese virus, for instance, you're then suddenly being like China against us. They infected us. And people are like fucking bomb China or what, you know, that's how that kind of thing comes, uh, comes to fruition. And I imagine it's a lot of people that experience that same kind of thing, but don't make the effort or try or know how uh, to, to, to react differently, to handle that a different way. I, I don't know. I, like reality to me is constantly evolving where I just sit there and go, well, I know, you know, my reality is I've got people in my life that I'm connected to and we share our ideas together. You know, with some people I create things together. Some I just have conversations with. And, you know, it's interesting to just kind of experience life as someone who's, I don't know. I've done everything I can to kind of just try to understand reality to a degree where it's like, yeah, I'm in my world, but I also want to step out of it and see what people really wealthy are doing because I know I want to work my way up. And if if there's a way to work myself up in this game and have more resources and more, um, more opportunities to do cooler things artistically, then that's kind of, that's the road I want to, I want to travel. And so you know, at the same time, it's like also trying to figure out a way to maintain a spiritual uh, a journey where you're growing and, and constantly, yeah, being leveled and having to admit when you're wrong. And, you know, because I do that all the time. There's times where, I, dude, I like just last week I was talking to Dylan because I, you know, I I get in, I go on these little tangents about like, you know, just Bill how Gates. I see things sometimes. Yeah, Bill Gates. Well, I just at this point, I just think it's fucking Bill, hilarious. Bill Gates to give him a hard just, time. It's, it's one it's one that comes up a little bit more frequently just because of what's going on at this point, I suppose. I think 
uh, an epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing to cause, say, 10 million excess deaths. Uh, and that it's pretty surprising how little preparedness there is for it. Now, it's tricky because this is a global problem, so you know, how do countries work together, which countries should put up what resources, uh, and you know, every aspect of it, the, uh, the resources to go engage in the, the affected countries, the allocation decisions. As we've seen various flu scares come along, uh, we haven't had a, a super good response. So the paradigmatic examples are uh, smallpox for an intentionally caused thing, that there was a simulation called Dark Winter that didn't come out very well, uh, i.e. smallpox scored one and humanity scored zero. Uh, flu epidemics, where you know we always talk about the potential recurrence of a 1917-like uh, Spanish flu problem. And then Ebola, which although it was much smaller. Uh, there was some luck involved in that. Because it wasn't spread uh, through uh, respiratory contact, uh, the reproductive rate was a lot lower, and you know, it was basically people who were sick or dead uh, who were doing most of the transmission. And so through a lot of heroic effort and a little bit of luck, it stayed under control and was largely contained to the three countries. I just don't trust the fucking. It was guy not at always all. Bill Gates. Yeah. Bong, 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 bong. Do you find yourself dozing off at work? Do you find yourself getting lost in an abyss of your own thoughts? Well, let me tell you something. That's a badass. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. Oh, hey, baby, that's badass. Joe, how long would you say you've been involved in music as more than just something that you enjoy to listen to? Um, I mean, I started piano lessons when I was really young. So, I mean, involved in music professionally, like as a... No, no, I mean, that's fine. I mean, when you're really young, I mean, that's when training starts, right? Mm -hmm. You know, those kinds of piano lessons. How old were you? I think eight or nine. What is that? Twenty... Almost, yeah, 30, almost 30, almost 30 years, years yeah. in, in, uh, in the music industry. I really had a grasp of really chasing music whenever I joined uh, my band in high school, uh, Spaceman Spit. Spaceman Spit. Let's roll a clip. Yeah, so you can check that out. It's on uh, Spotify. Yeah, so uh, check it out. Right, isn't it freshly on Spotify? It's on Spotify. Yeah, for real. It's crazy. We recorded all this stuff like in the early 2000s. So nuts. Yeah, so shout out to Bill, Jake, Matt, Seneca, uh, Jesse, Brent, Travis. Dude, so many good guys that like were a part of this band. I mean, throughout all the years. How long were you in the band? Like five years, six years. I met Bill and Jake my sophomore year of high school and uh, they asked me to join the band and all this stuff but uh, that's when I first started writing with a group of guys where I actually got a sense of oh shit this is cool like we're all writing a song from scratch together I learned the whole songwriting process really through that avenue and uh, that kind of put me on this path towards you know writing my own songs and kind of developing them into completion versus just writing pieces of a song or having a weird structure of a song Cause all my early work is pretty awful, but, okay. um, you know, I mean, but the elements were there. I think I can think back on like certain melodies I had. And I, even now I look back and go, that's a cool ass melody. Um, super moody. And, you know, so I had a grasp of it. I just didn't know how to like construct a song right. until I joined a band and we were constructing. Cause we had to record in the studio. We were playing everything live 
And um, okay. it was back when we were doing everything to ADATs and um, we did stuff to tape and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's like the, the computer software wasn't nearly you know, as sophisticated as it is now. So it was a lot harder. We had to be more precise as far as being more rehearsed to get in the studio when we right. wrote songs right, and things like that. So Doing it in post was a lot more difficult for the rando like us. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with video for me. Like mm-hmm. we, it, it, it was, it was a lot to get what I imagine somebody could do on their phone now. Yeah. For me back in the day. Yeah, it was fun though. It like, it, it gives you this whole different perspective of how you have to really perfect your craft. I mean, we were practicing all the time before we'd, we'd book studio time because we'd write a cluster of songs. I mean, we'd just do it in this order. we like, all right, let's write songs together. And we'd write songs and then we'd have enough of them and then we'd be like, oh, we should make a record. All right, we need to raise money. Let's do some shows and save money and we'd just save up money. And we'd have people donate and help us out and throw money in the hat. Yeah. And we would, uh, yeah, we'd go into the studio completely rehearsed, have our shit together. And then we would just go and, and hit it hard. And, and our goal was always to have a printed copy of our, our work. So when we were playing live shows, we could sell a record, make more money, do another record. So we just had this mentality that built. And it gave me this whole sense of, you know, what it's about to really be in that kind of a flow, like with a group of guys, like totally the most, I mean, dude, since then I haven't done anything like that. Um, and it's been so many years. I mean, um, you know, we, we're still very, not real close, but we still, we're all on a text thread together and we still talk. And, um, you know, like you said, we just released the music for the first time on streaming just recently, like a couple of weeks how, ago. So. Yeah. I was going to say, how long was that in the works? Honestly, we've talked about it for a long time. We just never, it's just, we're all lazy. We're all doing our own shit, you know, okay, and right. there are things that we worked on so long and ago. It wasn't like and, a holdout that you had to like convince like Bill Murray or somebody like that. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know. We had Please to get Bill's come signature. back and do Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I just, it, it, you know, I think it's just by nature of everyone being busy and, you know, all the guys have kids and families and stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just finally it happened. And I, we actually had plans to try to work together on some tracks and just, you know, we now have the internet so we can send shit to each other. We could literally, we don't have to be together to make something. Right. So... You know, it would just have to, for me to be involved in something like that, it's just like, it takes a certain amount of like, hey, we're doing this shit. Do you guys want to do it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it'll never happen. It's just like, so you were keys, right? I was playing keys and background vocals. And then uh, on a couple songs, I sang lead. Yeah. I was just thinking like, how, how could you guys do that? You know, you could get it started. You could just lay down a keys track and some background vocals, some like, ooh, la, 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 or whatever. So, oh, you know, dude, yeah. And then just send it on to whoever's next. And somebody then hears and they're like, okay, they lay down the bass track. And then, you know, you get your, all the, all your other instruments and shit like that. You, you also well, make I mean, a, I feel like now it no, would be no, a little do more. It, Joe. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've developed more as a songwriter. So of I feel course. like at this point I would have even more to contribute. We all had such an interesting way of bringing things to the table. Like Jake was such a great songwriter. Um, he wrote a lot of love songs and songs about girls, you know, and yeah. he was very good at playing with concepts of his music uh, with lyrics, I should say. But our music was overall pretty goofy. Um, okay. But cool. We pack out clubs and shit. And, That's awesome. You know, our bass player unfortunately passed away, which is why we kind of everything kind of stopped dead in his tracks. And then it was over a couple year period where we really kind of disbanded. But sure. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's crazy. That's where I got my first grasp of music. And then I stumbled into getting gigs getting paid to play keys for different worship leaders and then that got me into getting paid for you know i would go out for nine weeks of a summer and basically be on the road weeks at a time at different camps playing keys for different worship guys right and And apparently that kind of stuff paid pretty well they do pay well it's just consistent you don't buy you don't have to pay for a hotel you don't have to pay for food um, you just hang out at your fucking cabin all day. And then you, like, I would hang out with Wes a lot. Like the guy I travel with. Yeah. Shout out to Wes Martin. But him and I would basically hang out all the time. We'd juice. We'd go ride around. We'd go running. I mean, we just, you have to find a way to be busy when like all you're doing is playing music 
in these little pockets You're not of time required throughout to the go day. to the the studies and the the sermons and and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You're yeah, just it was there, just a job, you know. Morning worship, evening worship kind of a exactly. kind of a setup. Mhm. Yeah, and and then the kids would be off doing their thing and you would go back to your like hotel room or your cabin or wherever you're at and you have to fucking find something to do, you know. Yeah. Or just yeah, just hang out and uh read, go on hikes. Yeah, and then that, that's kind of how I stumbled into getting hired by Brandon and, and going down the whole Christian you know, music out of Nashville path. But, you know, all the while, my goals were always to become a better songwriter. And that's why I kind of built the confidence to make my own record, get it funded. I, you know, got licensing opportunities and then was able, literally the whole road, I can see how it all, that's the thing, man. It's like, when people look back on their lives, like this is, this is all I can say when it comes to reality. It's like wherever you're at right now, it's so important to just appreciate it because I think back on when I look back on like playing at a college where I literally had the most boring life. People would look at that going, Oh, you're traveling, playing music. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah, there's elements that are cool. And if someone was there documenting the whole process, it'd probably be pretty damn fascinating to watch. But being there, you're just, you're lonely a lot of times. Like It's life. You're away from all your friends, family. Your friends and family are the people that you're with on the road. Every week you're in a new place. I mean, it's really lonely. Like really, when I think back on it. And I I just, I, I sit there and go, man, if I had to go back there now, it would be really hard to take because I know I've already gone through it, you know? It'd be like a prison sentence almost. But I also see how valuable that time was to lead me into making all the choices I wanted to make that just you just skip down the yellow brick road until you get to the place you want it, you're wanting to go. Right. And it's fascinating, man. That's why I'm like as crazy as I can be with my thinking of the of the world and everything. It's a it's a really interesting roller coaster of a life to get you where you are to learn so much, you know? I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful even if I am wrong and I have a false perception of reality. Amidst all of it, I cling to knowing that at least I can think for myself, you know, regardless right. of like looking stupid or whatever. I'm kind of past that. I don't really care anymore about that as much. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm in the process of getting over uh, some some elements of that for sure. You know, yeah. it, it, it sometimes gets difficult to um, to see the confidence or see the the value in what one does if you stop doing it for a while you know i mean yeah. and, and i i kind of see miss that that creative aspect of myself uh from time to time which is why i just keep writing and keep doing things you know in, in my own time however i also i mean i'm seeing a growth in strength of me in the setting up of elf tree media because we're taking something that we what we have an episode actually the self tree media day i think yeah i think it's we it was the day that we we actually like filed the dba and whatnot let's roll a clip do you even know what today is today is a monday it is um don't tell me it's your birthday or some shit no no no, no it's not i'm just asking the the date as a as a segue is it a jewish holiday no 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 ramadan no 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 it's uh it's elf tree podcast network and elf tree media Day. oh yeah of course it is today it is. is today is officially august 24th it is elf tree podcast and well it's media uh, officially it's elf tree media day cuz we we registered our our dba et would it well, so it would be uh em em yeah, because it's one word. It's one word. Elf yeah. tree is one word. That's true, man. So it's uh, yeah, it's officially EM day. I didn't even realize this. This so our DBA the the fictitious business name statement we filed uh, is good for five years. Okay, so if you're listening and you know you like everything we build in the next five years and we forget to file, <laughs> you better jump on it. <laughs> I do love me some clips. Me too. <laughs> great, great clips. <clears throat> great clips. Yes. Shout out. <laughs> Great and sport and quick and the the whole clip family. <laughs> good clip, Joe. Good clip. Yes. Thanks for yeah, uh, it, thanks for editing this one. Absolutely. <laughs> My pleasure. But yeah, but it's I am I am understanding a lot more of, you know, what it is to actually start a business and the the responsibilities and the things that we need to be thinking of and you know that are going to help us have a have a strategy 
um, versus mm-hmm. us being, for instance, I have as a freelancer, I'm always one to just like take the gigs and be able to pay my bills. Whereas as a business owner, what I would want ideally to do is to get the bigger jobs that can that we can charge money that not only takes care of our business bills and our personal bills as far as what we're paying ourselves, but also that we can actually have extra money to invest into making our company better. Um, And obviously there are like fees and taxes and stuff like that. You have to invest money in things to make money in things. Um, But you know, we're, we're here to at the starting line of something that I'm just getting more and more understanding for and, and, and and an understanding of where my strengths lie. I mean, I think we've talked about this a couple of different times. Uh, businessy things, logical things, you know, just kind of getting stuff up and running. That's a strength of mine. Be, you know, being the one that's putting this thing together, I've kind of got a, a different hat on my, my head when it comes to viewing what we're doing in Elf Tree Media as a whole. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, man. So should we dub this as the new Eltree Media Day? New Eltree Media Day, the the rechristening, our rebirth. <laughs> part two. Born again. Ooh, Eltree Media Day, part two. Part two. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's. I'm with you. I feel like it's exciting to, you know, this has been a dream of ours for a long time. And, right. you know, it's, it's very difficult. Like I was just, I, I, I talk about this all the time with different people when I, you know, they ask me like what I'm doing and, it's hard to describe, you know, starting a business like this to people because it's such a huge endeavor sure. because of all the different projects. Because I like to look and look at things in projects going, okay, I want to make this, make this, make this, make this. But we have to start this, get this going to set this up right. so we can make these things. Yes. And, and in the process of that, it's getting this flow of of work and contracts and and the network kind of starts to grow itself through that process of building the business from kind of a more grassroots upfront, I guess, standard process that most people go right. through when like they set up doing their businesses. it to code or something like that. Like we're actually building yeah. the business because, you know, we never made a, like a formal partnership agreement. We just filed a DBA, which essentially just means that the two of us could do business and call ourselves this. Mm-hmm. And technically we should have been paying taxes on things, but we did never make money as Elf Tree Media on anything. So it it kind of became a moot point. At this point, we've got a we've got a job with LA Metro that we would like to be able to qualify for when it when the time comes. Mm-hmm. And so we have to like have this agreement. And we're we're like I mean, this is all stuff I've never thought of before. It's like, you know, capital investment and and all these different like ways that if Joe decides he wants to drop out or if he does something or Ian does something that's like, holy shit, you fucking drop, you know, uh, jeopardize the company. We got to kick you out and, you know, yeah. and involving other partners and how much all of the stuff, you know, is worth like LA Metro. Goodness gracious. Ian Nelson, shout out to him. He warned me that they want the entire Bible when it comes to things that I have to provide to them to become official, to become certified with LA Metro. And things like a personal worth statement. Dude, I have to like take stock of everything that I own. Cash, investments, my car, all my personal property, all of this kind of stuff. And figure out how much it is all worth and get it all notarized. And we have to have our DBA. $2.50. I mean, it's like, no. But part of it is also benefited in terms of like, the the partnership agreement it's very beneficial to know how much cash each of us is going to be putting into the company and then how much all of the equipment that we'll be bringing company equipment is worth um that we're bringing into it and everything like that so that's those are all things that it's the initial setup but as soon as it's done it's done it's interesting because we're sitting here trying to like build something that eventually evolves itself into a facility evolves itself into something so much bigger than just us right and you know to be able to chase something that large, most people, when they start businesses and they're very loose, you know, you, you don't go through this whole rigmarole with the state and you kind of just, ah, oh, we got a business, we're making some money on the side and you call it a name and you have a website and, but you're not really taking on bigger and bigger contracts. It's like, you, you don't really necessarily, most people don't think about all of the, the hoops people had to jump through just to be able to do the post-production on a major film that's in the theaters or- yeah the stunts in a movie or just 
being the company that rents the vehicles to a film. You know, it's it's crazy. It's like there's so much involved and we're kind of just taking our first initial steps as a media company to, I mean, we've taken a lot of steps already as far as our, our personal, you know, careers. And, right. and Well, it's know. totally different than being an individual because as an individual, you could edit a feature film and like mm-hmm. a big Hollywood movie much easier than I imagine it would be to become like an MTI that is a company that provides services for those films. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, certification comes in, building yourself up from scratch, getting a reputation, all of that kind of stuff as a company is going to be a lot harder for us to do than it would be for either of us individually to probably jump our way up a ladder of prestige, if you will. But we're trying to build something that's going to help not only ourselves, but everybody else that, that, you know, I don't want to say fits with us, but I mean, seeks us out that is attracted to what we're putting out there and that we attract with what we want. And, and you know, the, the, the art that we're trying to, to ultimately create right now, we're just at the very beginnings of it all. And it's, it's tough. This is a tough process as far as expectations, feeling like I, I have to like get things in under deadlines and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's just because this starts to get real like investing money in something and having actual agreements and you know paying fees i mean there are a lot of fees that are going to end up having to be paid to set this kind of stuff up you know little ones here and there but i mean it it all kind of stacks up it'll be a couple hundred dollars you know and then the investment into an actual bank account and all that kind of stuff and on top of it corona with everything still kind of being locked down it's a little bit more difficult we can't just go and stroll into a bank and get a bank account thing open we have to make an appointment and we have to like both be there with masks on and all right. that kind of stuff and we better get it all the stuff that we need the first time or else we're it's gonna like take another week and a half to get another appointment and that kind of stuff so i'm wearing a ski mask it's a challenge yeah right exactly that's that's perfect i'll just have to sew the mouth shut right but with like white x's so that exactly. it's slightly comedic exactly <laughs> I think we'll do it. I think we'll do it. And I think we'll do, we'll do very well. I'm, I'm interested to see how it changes our mentality of what we're doing, what we pursue, you know, the kind of, the kind of contracts that we end up going for. Yes. Cause it's not, it's not so much. I'm, you know, I've said this to you off mic a, a few different times. I'm not necessarily seeing what we're doing as being a gig company at that point. Cause that's us moving from being freelancers, which, which have been very kind of gig driven to something that is more of a contract, something that's like, yeah, you know, this is something we're putting together these 10 episodes of this thing or whatever, or in the instance of LA Metro, I mean, they've got like a whole archive of stuff and they have, they want to make this many episodes of this kind of thing. So that's a, it's a months long project that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, who knows, it could end up getting, you know, kind of monotonous at times. Um, you know, the more and more repetitive episodes we, we might end up working on, but who knows, it might be fascinating content. And regardless, it could be a contract that could keep us paid and and paying our bills and investing into the company so that the next big contract that we get has has uh you know we've got a little bit more of a leg to stand on totally yeah and that's that's the thing that's the part that I'm still trying to like hold on to as the uh you know the 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 dream the goal the thing that's in the in the crystal ball that I'm like looking at every night and I'm like ah oh. Yes. This gets me through. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's so, and I love that. I love, I love <laughs> thinking about those kinds of things to get me through the the trudging that is right now. Yeah, it's like the studying for the test for the big test. Did I ever tell you about how I found our tax ID number? No, I never told I you this. You, I, I don't think you went into it. I think I specifically did not tell you this story and made a note because of how fantastical it is. So here we go. So. Starting in this business, you it's one of the things that we need is a tax ID number. In order to do any business, in order to open a bank account, that's just one of the things that we needed. And for the life of both of us, we couldn't find it. I was like, I'm pretty sure we got one, but I couldn't find an email about it. I found no record, no trace of there being a tax ID number for Elstree Media. Yeah, I searched I, through all my my files, couldn't find anything. I asked you for the only thing we found that would be somewhat related is a bank account statement that was for Elftree Media. And it's like we I feel like we would have had to have an 
a tags ID number in order to open this. But again, I didn't have any emails from Comerica. They had no record of the account. It was it was the most bizarre, like Twilight Zone. We set up a zone. shell company. It was so <laughs> fucking weird. It was so bizarre. So then I'm like, okay, fine. I'm, you know, the IRS is not open as far as like being able to help me get a new tax ID number at this moment. So I'm just going to have to wait for the lockdown to get lifted and for, you know, this all to blow over so that I can, I can actually get some help getting a new tax ID number. And I, I just kind of made my peace with it and started working on this Olivia Maybell podcast. I just started like finding some raw footage that I want to cut into this trailer. Just, just to have something different to do pull up. And, and I had given up on the tax ID number a week, two weeks ago before this all happened. So I go in and I'm going into this hard drive um, to start editing, you know, cutting together these pieces of other people's podcasts talking about Olivia Maybell. And my laptop itself says your scratch disks are almost full. You need to clear up some space in order for us to keep running properly. And I'm like, dang, okay. So I went through my documents. It was like deleting old videos and stuff that I'm like, okay, I watched this. I don't need this. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I come to old Elf Tree Podcast Network folder that I'd like cleared a bunch of stuff out of because I've all obviously got them on external hard drives and stuff like that at this point. Um, and an old Elf Tree media folder that had nothing in it. It had one little like folder of Celtics, which is a, a, uh, script software oh interesting you know files uh which i couldn't open anyways uh and then just a just a screenshot like a you know an apple mac screenshot i'm like whatever something in this just random moment compelled me to take a look at this screenshot it just said screenshot blah 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 date with the time or whatever open the screenshot it's a picture of the irs website that says your EIN has been successfully assigned Elf Tree Media and it's got the number right there. Oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I could not believe it, dude. That's amazing. I, I was almost about to blow it away and it was in the most random of spots. I, it just blew my mind. Holy shit. So did you, so did you print it out or do you, did you just save it I, somewhere I sent else? it to you. I sent it to me. I've got it on my Google Drive. I actually have not printed it out. I should do that. But I, I, I have it in a couple of different places where I now know it is. And that's uh, so crazy. Yeah, because that's like five years ago. It was. I mean, that's, that's it was. a long time. 2015. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a long time, but don't you feel like it's crazy how quickly five years goes? It did go by pretty quickly. We... The two of us in Elf Tree Media definitely had moments of lost time just in terms of, yeah, you know, I, I did move out to Garden Grove and you were working on your music. I mean, you did a lot of music stuff mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're getting back to it. So it's, yeah, definitely. Five years has gone by pretty quickly. I mean, I've been here almost six. You've been here six years. Yeah, that's so nuts. Yeah, six years. Are you and Angelino at six years at this point? Or how many years does it take? Oh, I mean... When are you I, official? When you get locked down in the city. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know, but I mean, six years sounds fair. I would yeah. say five years sounds fair, to be honest. I think so, too. You made it You made it five years and, and not almost moving back? Sure. Yeah. Angelino. Yeah, no, it's it's so funny because I've never really even considered moving anywhere else at this point. No. You know, I mean, there's been times where I've entertained like, man, I could save a lot of money if I just like, you know, move somewhere where it was cheaper. But yeah. at the same time, I just, I don't know. I just love it out here on the West Coast so much. I, I can't imagine right now moving anywhere else. Now, granted, if California gets a little wacky and goes crazy and becomes authoritarian, you know, then I may consider moving out of here, you know? Right. But at least we can go to not. Texas. Exactly. Where, I don't think it's going to go there. I think people are going to authoritarian. I mean, we, you know, the people are going to react differently than people in California are to something like that. Yeah. I just feel like people are so not willing to put up with shit. There's just like such a small window, like people putting up with COVID for as long as they did is really fucking impressive. Right. And now it's kind of like, 
it's like the kids went out of school, man. Yeah. It's summer. It's the last day of class. Everyone's just like, just let us out, bitch. We're <laughs> fucking done. Like, just let us out early. Come on. I know. I know. But despite, you know, no one really knows what the truth is anymore, I guess, on the numbers and, and if it's going to be a bad deal overall. But right. yeah, right. countries are starting to loosen up and loosen that butthole. We've got senioritis. That's, I know. I know. Loosen that butthole. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody was like, go yeah. ahead and tighten it up, dude. <laughs> Somebody sent me this video of this kid literally playing. I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Maybe there's astronauts and maybe there's aliens all inside your butthole. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know what's inside Shouldn't your butthole. Shouldn't have had that tune I always want to know. <laughs> Oh, that's so, so fucking weird. ridiculous. TikTok. It's weird. Yeah. TikTok, TikTok is, is out of control. Anyway. But and the yeah, song dude. by Kesha, TikTok, is also out of control. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and TikTok from uh Wizard of Oz too. TikTok yeah. from Return to Oz. Yes, exactly. Oz, yeah. That was that's pretty out of this world too. <laughs> that's what that episode's called. TikTok. TikTok. And it's not actually in the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll find my ways. <laughs> you made a big step in all of this the other couple of weeks ago with uh, all of your your clowns and everything like that. You finally covered everything. You've got yes. your LED lights. You know, kind of you you decked it out, and it, it sounds it sounds way different, way less echoey than mine. And I just got my so behind me, I'm gonna have a full curtain wall here of dark plum purple velvet Ooh, curtains. Ooh, I approve yeah. the colors. Yes, 92 inches tall. 92 inches, inches. Nice. That's yeah, nothing dude. to sneeze at. I know. So I, I'm putting those up today, actually. I think while we were doing this podcast, Amazon delivered them. So fantastic. I'm excited. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. But yeah, dude, thanks, man. Like I I, I think it's gonna make it really fun to work out of. You know, my goal was to make this place efficient for clients and also for myself when I'm working on projects, but also be a vibey spot people can podcast out of. And uh, a place that's just comfortable, you know, it has like a cool feel. It feels like a tree fort, you know. I love it. That was the goal. And I have so, yet to see it in person. This is one of the other unfortunate. This is about the the COVID. Is that I can't really see your setup, and until until the city feels better about it, and my partner feels better about it, you know, I doubt there's going to be an opportunity for you and Chris to come over to my space and actually like get a a better physical look at it. Um, so the, you know, those kinds of things are going to slow us down, but I, I can't, which Chris say. made a whole 3d video he of your did. space. That's, that's pretty badass. I might to the see T if we of can, all the dimensions. Might see if we can, we can put a little clip of it on, uh, Oh yeah. Hell on yeah. the show notes. Perfect. Something yeah, well, like it'll, that. We'll put it on our blog. So hider.com. You took some pretty good pictures of that. So I, I look forward to seeing some more of those. It would change the whole game over there. It's going to be cool. It's going to be really yeah, cool. So, but yeah, we're, we're excited about the future of Elf Tree Media and, you know, we're excited to kind of keep going. We're ready to get back out of this COVID thing and get rolling with our uh, our process. And because you know, I'm ready for like projects to start ramping up on my end. To be honest, man, like yeah, of I, course, I'm of getting course. a little restless with it. But we've got a couple in the chambers, especially our own. But you know, I'm I'm also looking forward to getting filled with other people's creativity uh, and, yeah. and being able to perform parts. You know, my our part on it. Yeah, Martin freaking commissioned me to do a cover for his uh, for. Brixton Green. That's right. He's got yeah, a, so. what is it? A, it's a series about some sort of like supernatural detective. Yes. Yes. Which yeah, is amazing. It, so the cover is basically him and like this, it's like this badass Mr. T 70s fro, like fucking dude with badass aviators, black dude, like with a big long trench coat blowing in the wind, standing on the hood of a 1965 Cadillac DeVille, red, cherry red. Yeah. And he's slaying a bunch of ghosts. I don't know if that sounded 70s or not, but you know, no, that was that's good. kind of the, the soundtrack I was trying to go for. <laughs> yeah. There it is. But uh, yeah, so I did this whole cover for it and uh, he loved it. So I'm nice. I, yeah, it was like he hit me up about it. I was like, ooh, I haven't, I haven't gone into like art mode in a while. Like, so I was a little nervous to do it, but then I kind of just, I had to just melt into it and I was able to come up with something that, that was cool. We'll post that also to the, to the um, blog. That's awesome. If Martin's cool with it. So Martin, yeah. uh, Martin, pretty please. Pretty please. Pretty, pretty please. I'm on my knees. I'm on my <laughs> knees for you. Joseph, always on his knees. 
Unbutting uh, your pants. Stay safe out there, everybody. Just stay <laughs> stay healthy. Stay I'm sane. disgusting. I'm sorry. Can I just can I just quickly give a, an apology to the audience right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get the music rolling. Dear Hide Air audience, as one of the co-hosts of Hide Air um, on the Elf Tree Podcast Network, no affiliation. Elf Tree Podcast Network. I just wanted to apologize for all the disgusting things I say, all the weird tangents I make and go or go down. I want to apologize for the amount of Mary Jane I smoke before each show. I want to apologize for apologizing because the truth is you can suck my titties. Amen. <laughs> five, 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 big bear. <laughs> so, no, but for real, yeah. uh, if I've offended you, uh, I didn't mean to. I love you. Of course not. Nobody's yeah. here to be offended. Nah, nah. Nobody's here to be offensive. If they made it this long in the show. That is true. That is true. You are 75 episodes too late for the, uh, the sensitivities <laughs> exactly but uh we're just gonna keep on rolling yeah happy 76 i don't know how to end it i don't know how to end it this this is this is the uh this is the pandemic in my head we usually just say so for this week on hi dare everybody i'm ian and i'm joe and <laughs> take your nano silver we, we gotta, gotta go <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at HiDarePod. And get your ass online because uh, HiDare.com misses you. This is the Elf Tree Podcast Network. It's stuck in a pothole with Hydeer. The amateur thing to do would have been to go home. And, Curl up in your bathtub you know, like exactly. Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. After you found out that it was, your gun is that, sticking that, in my that, uh, <laughs> Einhorn oh, is shit. a man. Einhorn. Oh my Fecal god. Fecal <laughs> Mickey Mouse is like peeking his head in. Let's do this other take. We gotta keep you happy. Keep your shit together, Ian. <laughs> if you wanna get a cookie, you better get your shit together, goddammit. <laughs> that's a wrap. I said that's a goddamn wrap. Alright, we gotta get this kid out of here. Session over. Yeah. And that's when you gave up radio. Dive into the abyss with the Millie McCormick listening hour. She's gonna come and kick your ass. That's when you're finally up at the rink and you just turn real quick and your and hair flings by. And I'm wearing like this great song, One Piece, that yes. I'm wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Millie, Millie and your trainer slaps too. your ass at the at the downbeat. Yeah. And obviously my body's covered in oil because I'm gonna wrestle with another of course. woman. But so, your trainer is you know, Dobby I'm, I'm from Harry Potter. Dobby's never meant to kill. Dobby only meant to maim. Oh, oh, shit. Why is he glowing? Something's turning on. Why is he glowing? Oh, Holy shit. Ah! Oh, um... Oh, oh excuse me, everyone. Uh, uh, hey, you got a funny voice. Hello, I'm... Oh, man, I'm starting to feel it. Uh, no, me. Hey, get over here. Sit on my lap. Uh, we'll take you to boy. Cat in the hat <laughs> face <laughs> with a cowboy hat. No, no, we don't... You have the face of a cat, and you're wearing a cowboy Millie, hat. Millie, did you say? <laughs> Millie, come on. They oh, don't even man. Oh, God, we gotta get out of here. Now you us into the horse tank. The Oak Tree Podcast Network. This is gonna be good.